Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Let's just jump right in here with our sermon. Now today I'm going to be preaching, and the title of my sermon is Visioneering. Visioneering. Don't you love made-up words? Visioneering. And, and it's a new word, but it's a very old concept. As a matter of fact, almost anything that you see today that you enjoy was sometime or another a vision, and somebody visioneered it into existence. One of the great examples of that is the Wright brothers. They were just little boys when their dad walked in the room had something hid from them, and then threw a little paper airplane. And as those two boys watched that airplane fly across the room, they were captured with imagination. And, of course, the Wright brothers are the one that brought in air flight, airplanes. And so anything from the bright light bulbs you see to the indoor plumbing that you enjoy, someone visioneered them into existence. I'm not talking about us doing something physical with a vision. I'm talking about us having a vision for what God wants to do in our life. Sometimes we need to visioneer something. We need to visioneer so that we can stop looking at the things around us that feel out of control and regain our focus and grounding in Jesus Christ. Now, visioneering are a spiritual reset that we try to accomplish here at the first of every year, it it helps us to slow down. It helps us to take our focus off of the circumstances around us. I, I can't tell you yesterday how many times I read posts from people that said, I'm so glad that 2022 is over. And, and they would list the situations that they've gone through. And I, my, my heart was broken for some of them when I thought about all of the things that they had suffered through, the sicknesses that they had had, the, the loss that they had experienced. And, 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 you know, sometimes our life gets so bogged down with the circumstances and the situations that we're in that we place our focus on those things more than the focus on what God wants for our life and where God wants to take us, what God wants to do in our life. This is what I genuinely believe. I believe that, that most of us want to rely on God. How many of you want to just rely on God? I, I want to do that. I, I want to live my life where I am just relying on Him. I, I want the Lord to lead me. Is there anybody in the house, anybody in our campuses that you want the Lord to lead you and to guide you? That's, of course, what we want to do. And, and we also want to live our life where we are completely committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. And, 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 and yet, so many times... We can be very easily uh, uh, distracted. It's easy sometimes to forget that God is always with us and, and that God can equip us for anything that we face, for any situation that may come against us, we know that our God is able to see us through it. And, and, and over time, Uh, As a result of focusing on those problems and situations, 
it's very easy to find ourselves acting in ways that we don't want to act. Has anybody ever found yourself in a situation and just wondered, how did I get here? And why am I doing the things that I am doing? We, we end up focusing on the situations and the heartbreaks and the, the problems that we have. And, and as a result, we, we live ways that are not honoring to the faith that we have that has kept us so strong. Or, or, or we live in ways that, that's not bringing about the results that we had hoped for. Does anybody know what I'm talking about, about living a life and, and then all of a sudden finding yourself in a situation like, this is not what I wanted for my life. This is not what I planned for my life. And, and there is something to this visioneering that helps us refocus. It helps us put our confidence in Jesus Christ. It, it, it helps us to, to, to remove any unhealthy or or broken patterns of behavior that maybe we have fallen into, or attitudes or ways of thinking. It, it helps reshape our perspective when we start thinking about how we're depending on God to see us through and we're depending on God to help us. And, and, and maybe mostly, most important, it, it helps us remember who God is. This, this visioneering <coughs> may bring us back to the place where, where it, it helps us remember who God is and, and stopping the tendency that we have to, to depend upon ourselves. We, we get back to that place where we are depending on God. It helps us remember who we are in Christ Jesus. Will you turn to your neighbor and just say, I am a child of God. It helps us remember who we are. It helps us remember who God made us to be. God created us for a purpose. God created us for a reason. And he has a life that he wants us to live. And the life that he created us to live is the best life that I could ever live. The life that God purposed me for. I'm not saying it's a life that is perfect and I'm not saying it's a life that is full of riches and I'm not saying that it's a life that is easy but it is a life that God purposed me to live and that truly is the best life that I could ever live. And that's really why Life Church exists. We want you to find that life that God has created you to live. We want you to know God and to find freedom and to, and to discover life and to make a difference with what God has placed you. And I'd like for everyone just to, to look at the screen and read this scripture with me as I read. I want this to be imprinted in your mind this year as we go through this year to remember that, that we are God's masterpiece. Ephesians chapter 2 and 10 Everybody say masterpiece. I challenge you to do some Bible study on your own about what that masterpiece word really means. It is so powerful, and, and I'm not going to take time to talk about it today, but, but we are God's masterpiece. Look at that next part. He has created us anew. Pastor Mike talked about it. Created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Guess what, everybody? God created you and has planned for you to do good things. There's good things <clears throat> that he wants you to accomplish. 
There's good things that he has already put in your life that he wants to, to see you go through, to, to accomplish. And, and I want you to know that what God originates, he orchestrates. If he called you to do a good work, then he is going to maneuver you and bless you and help you to get to that place that he wants you to be in so that you can do the work that he has created you to do. As a matter of fact, some of you may be looking at your circumstances right now and you may be complaining about them, but it may be that God put you in those circumstances to bring you to a place of great opportunity so that he can use you to do the good works that he has created you to do. Amen. So let's talk about this man named Nehemiah. Anybody ever heard of the man named Nehemiah? He is a Bible character. He is a person that we are introduced to. And, and when we are introduced to Nehemiah, he is uh, in exile. He is in this land that is far away from, from Jerusalem. He is in a, a, a place that is called uh, Susa, which is located in the present day a country of Iran, hundreds of miles from Jerusalem. He is there because there has been conquering and exile and his family was taken captive. And, and this man named Nehemiah was actually born in captivity. His parents were captives and, and he's grown up in this culture, this kingdom of, of, of Persia that has nothing like the land of Israel that he was raised in. There, it, it's completely different. And, and it just seems like that when you look at this story, what in the world could Nehemiah accomplish hundreds of miles away from Jerusalem? And how could this book take place? Because the book and the story of Nehemiah is a story about rebuilding it's a story about returning. And, and as we look at this passage of Scripture, it, it's just amazing to see that even though he was a captive, somehow he was educated, he applied himself, and, and he rose to this position as the king's cupbearer. King's cupbearer. Now, now this sounds like it's a, a, just a menial task. Oh, uh, this is the guy that takes the cup into the king. That, that's really not what it's all about. It's about protecting the king. It's about making sure that the king isn't poisoned. He's the guinea pig, folks. Nehemiah is the one that has to taste everything before it gets to the king just to make sure that he is not going to be serving poison. And he's serving this king named Artaxerxes. Artaxerxes. He's a king of Persia. And so he's in this situation where every day he's taking drinks of something, wondering if it's poison. It's, it's not really the best job that you can look for. Tell you the truth, it's not a good job. But it is a job where it puts him in a certain position. And as a person that is in this position, that, 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 that brings him to a place where he finds some things out that maybe he wouldn't have found out any other way, it just tells us that sometimes when we're in certain situations and when we're in certain positions that we don't really know why we're there, it could be, everybody say it could be, 
Everybody say it could be that God has put you there. Now, now wait a minute, Pastor. I don't like the situation I'm in. It could be that you're in the situation, whether you like it or not, whether you're having to taste food every day to see if it's poisonous or not. It could be that that's the position that God has put you in. He's put you there and, and, and he's at work. How many of you know that God is at work always? Does anybody believe that? That God is at work always. You know, we've just had a wonderful vacation time, holiday time. People got time off from work, all of those kind of things. Guess what? God never takes a break. He is always at work. He is always working to achieve his will, and sometimes it's behind the scenes. In other words, it's where you can't see it. It's, it's where you're unaware of it. But even though you may be unaware of what God is doing, God is at work, and he is preparing the way. That's what he did with Nehemiah. Nehemiah is this cupbearer, and as he is the cupbearer, he sees some men come in, from Jerusalem, there had already been some teams that had gone to the country of uh, Israel to rebuild the temple. We find those stories in the book of Ezra. We, we, we find that they're trying to accomplish something. And, and, and so I'm sure that even though Nehemiah has never visited Jerusalem, has never been there, because that's part of his heritage he, he's a little curious of what's going on. And so he starts asking, and, and this is what the report is. The report is that all that are living in Jerusalem are, are living in great trouble. There, there's, a, there's a great disgrace about even being a person that lives in Jerusalem. And, and the walls that are there to guard the city and to guard the citizens have been torn down. They're broken down. They're, in other words, anybody can walk into the city at any time without, without there being any uh, barriers or guards. And, and not only that, the gates that control the, the streets and, and really help people keep safe, they're burned down. Think about it, what it would be like at your house if, if your house was, the walls were broken down and and every night when you went to bed, you were looking out at the street and, and you would try to go close the front door and the front doors burned down. It, it was a place where they had no security, they had no safety, and they were in distress. And, and I thought about it today, this morning, I woke up early. I, listen, Nancy and I had a crazy night last night. Happy New Year. I mean, we were in bed at 9.30, yes. <laughs> Because we knew Sunday was on the way. <clears throat> we did work, wake up at midnight. All the fireworks in our neighborhood went off. We woke up for a few minutes. Went back to sleep till at least 4 o'clock. So it was all right. And, and, and you know, it, it was one of those things that, that uh, hey, I'm, I'm thankful that we're in a new year. And, and I'm thankful for what God is doing. And I'm thankful for why uh, he has placed this in our heart. And, 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 and when I think about how Nehemiah... Was, was so far away from Jerusalem. That was one of my first thoughts this morning. He, he was hundreds of miles from Jerusalem. He, he receives this bad news. And, and in his mind, it had to be a daunting task to think about, we've got to rebuild the walls. 
And you know what? I think a lot of people, they get to this place where they're having a vision for what God wants to do in their life. And when they get to that place, it's such a daunting vision that they don't even pursue it. That there are some people that your life is in shambles and you know that God wants to do something different in your life, but the effort that it's going to take for you to do it and the confessions that it's going to take for you to achieve it and the repentance that it's going to take for you to give and the, the habits that you're going to have to break. Sometimes it is a daunting task to think about everything that I have to do to get my life right. So sometimes we look around and, and I'm sure Nehemiah was like, how can I afford to do this? I don't have the resources. I, I can't do this. I, I can't go. But, but this is the thing that I want you to hear. It, uh, is, is anybody still with me? In all of the campuses, if you're still with me, uh, I'm thankful for that. If you haven't been with me, this is the time to plug in. Just, just kind of punch your neighbor and say, plug in. This is what happens. Nehemiah is stirred. Everybody say stirred. There's conviction. There's something that comes on him called a concern. And he hears this report of what's happening in Jerusalem. And, and when he hears the report, something changes in his life. This this concern, and, and the first point that I'll tell you is visioneering starts with a concern. It starts with God doing something in your life to help you see what could be. And many times what God is showing us, He's showing us what could be so that we will be unhappy with what is. We will be discontent with where we are. And that concern says, I've got to change my life. I've got to do something different. I've got to make a change. And we read in Nehemiah chapter 1 and 4, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. I sat down and wept. Now, it's not something that's just passing because the scripture says, for days I mourned. I fasted and I prayed to the God of heaven. This was something that really grabbed a hold of him and something that got deep down in his spirit. And, and, and this is what I would like for you to know. I would like for you to know that God is constantly trying to get your attention. He, he's constantly trying to, to, to get your attention on what could be in your life. And what he has created you to live for. He's constantly through what you see, what you hear, your emotions, what you think. He's constantly trying to get you to the place where there is some concern in your heart. Like, this is not the life that God wants me to live. I want to live that life that he has created for me to live. Hey, Life Church. We're starting next Sunday on 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're, we're starting during a time from, from January the 8th till January the 28th. And, and I'm asking you to take that time and, and, and let the Lord lead you to what He wants for your life. I'm not talking about our church. I know that God's got great things that He wants to accomplish in our church. I'm talking about 
let's just concentrate on what God wants for me. What does God want in my life? How does he want to change my life? How does he want to bless my life? And next Sunday we have prayer agendas. I'm going to talk about those in a few minutes that we're going to be passing out to everyone. It's really about praying every day to find God's will. That, that's what visioneering is about. It's not me saying, okay, I want to be this, I want to be that. Visioneering is about submitting to what God wants for my life. Submitting to how God wants to use me. Submitting to how God wants to dedicate me and consecrate me and and draw me to a place of, of relationship, of, of walking with Him, of, of fighting for the kingdom of God. I, I, I want to pause right here because I, I think a lot of times we don't think that we can get better in the spiritual realm. We, we, we do a lot to get better in other areas of our life. We get we, we, we want to be better cooks and we want to be, we want to be better workers and, and we want to be better, uh, we, uh, uh, I almost hate to say it, the games that we play, <laughs> basketball and racquetball and golf and uh, video games. I know there's probably nobody in here that plays video games, but if you do, we, we want to get better, right? We want to get better. We want, we want to improve. And, and, and there's a lot of times that we don't think that we can get better in the spiritual realm. That is a lie from the, from the father of lies. Because this is what every one of us can do. We can be better in our walk with God. In our prayer. In our knowing who God is. In our understanding what God wants for our life. We can be better in this realm of the spiritual. We can learn how to pray more effective prayers and we can learn how to walk with him and we can learn how to live the life that he has called us to live. And, and, and this is what I'd like for you to do. I said that I was going to mention this connect card. I really felt on Friday, the Lord impressed me to, to ask you to, to just write a prayer request down. Now, I'm not saying to write a prayer request down, Pastor, I want a better car in 2023. I, I, I pray that you get one, but I'm not going to spend 21 days praying for you a new card. This is what I want you to write. I want you to write down a prayer request on what you really want God to do spiritually in your life. And you can put on there, attention Pastor Jim or far Pastor Jim. And this is what I feel like that the Lord has told me to do. Is to lay these requests on the altar and pray a circle around them every day for 21 days. So if you have a connect card, I want you to fill it out today. I want to be ready to start praying for these requests tomorrow. If you don't have one, get one. Make sure you turn it in. Go online, submit it, or, or, or bring it next Sunday so that we can start praying. I, I really believe that the Lord wants us to move forward in our walk with Him. And, and as you're writing that request down, do a little visioneering. I, I want to be used by God like never before in this area. I, I want God to talk to me in this way. I want to, to whatever it is, think about what you feel God is talking to you about. Uh, the other thing in our 21 days of prayer is that uh, the three Saturdays that we have, 
And those Saturdays are the 14th, the 21st, and the 28th. The 28th is our last day of these 21 days of prayer. Each one of those uh, Saturdays, we're going to be having a prayer meeting at our League City campus. That last Sunday, I mean that last Saturday, the 28th, we're going to be having communion together. And I would invite you to come out. I'm forgetting the time. Somebody help me find the time for those prayer meetings and let me know what that is. uh, So that everyone can know that we are going to have this time of prayer as a corporate body. And uh, again, prayer agendas will be passed out next Sunday. If you find that, just tell me so I can remind people. Now, Now, this is what happens. When we see what God wants for our life, and, and God wants to do in our life, it should bring about a concern. It should bring about something that causes us to change our habits. If I have bad habits, when I start seeing what God wants to accomplish, it should cause me to remove those bad habits from my life. Why? Because those habits are hindering me from becoming the person that God wants me to be. If I have this concern in my life, I'm going to remove certain attitudes that I have. It's called attitude adjustment. Anybody ever tell tell you you need to adjust your attitude? Yeah, we all have been there. And there's certain attitudes that we build up in our mind about about Christ Jesus and about the church and whatever it is. And that concern and that revelation of what God wants to do in my life, it causes me to change. It causes me to add things to my life. It causes me to add prayer and it causes me to add focus. And and I just pray right now that that's what God will do for you. I pray that each of you would take that next step that God has for you. Perhaps it's it's just going to the Discover Life event that we have on the, the fourth Sunday of every month at all of our campuses, a, 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 a place where you can go and really start plugging in and finding what God's next step is for your life. That's what we want to do is help you to find that next step. This month, it's on the 22nd. Put it down right here at this campus, Friendswood Campus, League City Campus. There's a place for you to go where you can go through Discover Life. And if that's something that your heart is moved to do, don't wait. Even today, when you go out, connect with the team in the lobby and and connect with the campus pastor and tell them that you want to be a part of that. This is what we need to understand today. God is working. I'm going to go all the way back to that. And I want to read a passage of scripture in Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 13. And and if you have your Bible with you, I would just encourage you to to mark this scripture. If you're looking online at our notes on the YouVersion app, or even if you have this... the, the message notes, put a star by this particular scripture because this may be the most important scripture in the Bible when it comes to spiritual growth. This is what it says. It says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. I want you to think about that for just a, a few minutes here. God is working in you to bring about what He wants to accomplish in your life. And so the moment, everybody say the moment. The moment that I start visioneering, I start focusing on what God has for me, 
This scripture lets me know that God is going to come alongside me and start speaking in my heart the things that he wants to accomplish in my life for his kingdom. If I have something that I want to accomplish, it's not something, and if it's for the kingdom of God, it's not something that is sprouting out of my mind. It's something that God is working in me to accomplish. I want to take a moment here. And in all of the campuses, I want to ask for the men to stand. I want all of the men to stand. I really feel this in my heart. I really feel that this is a year that God wants to raise up an army of worshiping men. Amen. Of men that aren't afraid to lift your hands and worship God. And when I say worshiping men, I'm not just talking about worshiping, singing along with everybody. Men that really give God the glory. Let me tell you something, men. We have a tendency to be self-centered. Not necessarily being selfish, but being... Looking in ourselves, constantly saying, I'm not doing this good, I'm not doing that good, I'm not following this responsibility, I'm letting these people... That's just our life. We have responsibilities and God has put it in us to meet needs, to, to provide. And a lot of times, we tear ourselves down. This is what I want to say to you right now. We need to look at ourselves and see that God wants us to be worshiping men... And the moment that we really move into that realm of being a, worship man, a worshiping man, it removes our attention from being self-centered to being God-centered. When I give God the glory, I become God-centered. Now, I want to I say one more thing while you're standing. I hope you don't feel uncomfortable, but listen, God put us in the church to help lead the church. And, and, and nationwide, in the nation, uh, the United States of America, 65% of leadership positions are filled by women. Thank God for our women. Thank God that they're on fire for God. Thank God for their working. But, but I'm going to tell you right now, men, God wants us to lead. He wants you to be a part of that leadership. He wants you to stand strong. And I'm praying that this year God creates an army of worshiping men. Men that are concerned about the presence of God being in the church building. Amen. Not men that will come in and sit back. But men that will come in and say, I'm going to lift holy hands and worship God. I I believe that God wants us to be men that are concerned about the next generation. And we show that concern by being everything God wants us to be today so that the next generation will have the example that they need to be the men and the women of God that God has called us. In Jesus' name, every man in the building say, In Jesus' name. Every man in all of the campuses say, In Jesus' name. It is God's will. God God bless you. You may be seated. And this is what is so amazing to me is whatever concern I feel. There, There are times when I'm praying And all of a sudden, I am concerned about 
a certain situation, a family, a uh, uh, something that has happened or a situation that may be going on. And I, I don't ever take that as a bad thing. I always take that as a sign that the presence of God is being manifest in my life. That God is bringing that concern. That God is laying that down. I don't find it a distraction when I'm in the middle of something and all of a sudden I think about something that's going on. I, 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 don't, I, I say this is something that God has brought into my life. And so I just say to everybody in the room, I say to everybody in all of our campuses, if you woke up and you thought, I need to pray more, don't take that as a re rebuke to yourself. Take it as the sign of God's presence in your life Giving you a vision of what can be. I, I need to have a better marriage. Don't, don't take that as a rebuke. Take it as a sign, as an indication that God's presence is in your life. And he's giving you a vision of what could be. About what could happen. And most importantly, it's a vision about his willingness to help you. Number two. When I'm, vision, when I'm having a vision for what God wants for my life, it always leads to prayer. Let me, let me quickly read Nehemiah 1, 5 through 11. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commandments. That's the first thing that we do in prayer is we give God glory and we know that he is a faithful God. And as we're doing that, I'm removing everything off of my self-centeredness and I'm putting it on God and being God-centered. He is awesome. He is amazing. And he is faithful. Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people, Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commandments, decrees, and regulations that you give us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. Nehemiah is saying, this is what happened, God. We were unfaithful and you scattered us. But you also promised God, verse number 9, but if you will return to me and obey my commandments and live by them, them even, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hands are your servants. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today. Everybody say success today by making the king favorable. Everybody say favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. And then he ends that verse by saying, in those days I was the king's cupbearer. I love how he gave Honor to God. I love how he had conviction. I love how he confessed. I loved how he had confidence. But I love how he made commitment. I, I, I'm committed. I'm all in. And I, I would just challenge you to study that prayer. If you will ever pray a prayer that will completely change your life, it's this prayer that Nehemiah prayed. A prayer of glory, a prayer of conviction, a prayer of confession, a, a prayer of confidence, and a prayer of commitment. Let's just look at a couple of the things that he prayed for. He prayed for opportunity. Everybody say opportunity. I, I want us to pray 
for opportunity. I want us to pray, God, open doors. Amen. Now, a lot of you, we spend our time praying the prayer of opportunity of, God, give me a job that pays $2 more. God, give me a job that covers this benefit. Or God, give me a job that I can buy this car. I'm not talking about that kind of opportunity. God is your father and you are his children. And if you'll be faithful, and if you'll be faithful in the things that he's called you to do, he'll open all of those doors for you. I believe that. I believe that if you're faithful and that you're a good employee, that God will open doors for you. I'm talking about spiritual opportunities. I want God to open doors for me to talk to somebody about how good he has been. Everybody in this room knows someone that needs to hear about the goodness of God. Don't you? Don't you? Raise your hand if you know somebody that needs to hear about the goodness of God. Well, let's just put it this way. Why don't you start praying about God, give me the opportunity to tell people about your goodness. Give me the opportunity to tell people about how you have been so good to me. He prayed for opportunity. The second thing he did is that he prayed for favor. Everybody say favor. When I go into the king, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a situation that's kind of scary because when I go into the king, there, there could be a moment where he looks at me and, and he could call for my death in a moment. We know that through looking at the life of Esther. You just didn't go in before the king and ask this and ask that. And here he's paying, praying for favor. We should never forget that God's favor is upon us, it's upon his children, and even in the darkest moments, it is God's favor that walked with us, and we should pray accordingly. We should pray, God, let your favor be in my life. Let your favor be here. And, and I love how he's saying this prayer to God, because you know what he's doing? He's already planning. That's the third point. Visioneering brings planning. I, I wish that some of you would plan to start today. You know what? Today is the day that I'm going to start living the life that God called me to live. I, I'm going to surrender to Him. That song was so beautiful today about surrendering to Him. I, 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 I'm going to surrender to Him today. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it all to Him. Will you stand with me? I, I just wonder at this point, I, I, I wonder if you'll plan, if you'll start seeing the plan for God that God has for your life. I, I, I wonder today if you will have a vision for what God really wants to accomplish. The only way that it takes place is by planning. I am going to let this take place in my life. I am going to pray. I am going to live for Him. I am going to stop doing these things and start doing these things. I am going to give myself to Jesus Christ. Maybe, maybe this is the Sunday here in the Houston campus where you make up your mind... I'm going to be baptized. That's part of my plan. And it's part of God's plan for your life. 
our, our second Sunday at all of the campuses at Friendswood and League City. Next Sunday, we'll have our baptism Sundays. And maybe that's just part of your plan. Maybe, maybe part of the plan is just to join the life family and start working for what God wants to accomplish. I, I guess what I'm trying to do and what the Lord has been talking to me about and, and, the, and the reason even that I'm giving you this piece of paper that has this stuff on the back of it is I feel an urgency for us to be intentional about the things of God. I feel an urgency for us to be intentional about what God wants to accomplish in our life. I I want you to be intentional about living the life that God has created you to live. I, I want you to pray for people. That's why there's a, there's a place here of who are you praying for this week. I want you to pray for people. I, I, I want you to listen for the voice of God. That's why there's a, a, a box here that says, what is God speaking to you this week? I, I want you to spend time in His Word, and I, I want you to remember to be thankful. I, there's a lot of other things. Let's start with this. Just be intentional about what God has in you. Do you have your notes with you? Hold, hold that up if you have them. Let's just be intentional. Just turn to your neighbor and say, let's just be intentional. Uh, you're, you're intentional about everything else. You're, you're intentional about putting the oil in your car. You, anybody have that schedule? Uh, on, you, you look at it and you put oil in your car? Husbands, you know what I'm talking about right now. Fathers, some of the, some of the wives are taking care of. intentional about that. You don't buy that car and say, man, dead gummit, I gotta put oil in this stupid thing. You, you know that that's what you're gonna do. You, you have an owner's manual. Do you know that we have an owner's manual? And it's not something that God is, is saying, oh, you gotta do this. It's just something that He says, look, I love you. Change the oil in your lamp. <laughs> you know, be intentional. about following that great commandment loving the Lord your God just just be intentional and and I just wonder even today is there someone that says I'm I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus I'm not asking everybody to raise your hand because many of you are already that's your commitment if there's somebody in any of our campuses that today you're making that decision Today you're making that commitment. I'm going to completely give my life to Jesus Christ. Will you just raise your hand? I, I just want to see it. Thank you. Raise it high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God, I, you, you see our hearts and you see the part, hearts of everybody that is in this room. I, I pray right now, dear Lord, that everybody that has made that commitment, that that step of faith, I, I pray, dear Lord, that you would help them completely surrender everything to you. I pray that you would be with them today, oh Lord. I ask it in Jesus' name. I, I, I want to partner with you as a pastor. I, I want the church to partner with you. And that's why on the back of this card, the, the, there's some choices. You, you have the choice. I am surrendering my life to Jesus. If you raised your hand at either camp, campus, that that was your commitment, check that. 
turn it in outside. We want to walk with you. I'm renewing my commitment to Jesus. I want to be baptized. I want to join a life group. I'm ready to start serving. Any of those that today is that next step for you, fill it out. Turn it in. Let's believe that God is going to do great things. Now, we're going to start something new today. And that new is that on the first Sunday of every month, we're going to have communion. Amen. And I just feel like that God is wanting us to move very intentionally towards Him. So I have asked the elders at all of the campuses to come to the front of the room. Our elders are here. Thank you so much, guys, there at the League City campus, the Friendswood campus. So I, I, I can't tell you how much I love working with these men that love our church. They're going to come and stand here. And, and the ushers are going to help you at every campus. We're not going to pass it out. We feel like that the first Sunday of every month, this is going to be a sacred moment. And so the ushers are going to just help you walk through, pick your communion up, and go back to your seat. So, so let's do that right now. Let's, let's come. Ushers, if you'll help people come and uh, receive that. Come right on. Amen. While, the, while you're coming, I want to read from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Chris, get me one of those two, please, if you don't mind. The scripture says, and this is Paul speaking, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Now, now something that's very interesting about this is Paul wrote this letter before the Gospels came out. This really is our first account of the Lord's Supper. And this is what Paul says that the Lord told him. The Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm thankful that Paul gave us this description of the Lord's Supper. I'm thankful that we can take this together. And I just want to say a couple of things about this passage of Scripture and about our taking the Lord's Supper together. The first thing that I want you to see here is that as he is talking about the Lord's Supper, he's talking about the bread that is broken and how it's his body. He's talking about the wine that is served and it is His blood. Please notice that He gives thanks. Just hours away from being bruised and broken, He's thankful that this is going to take place. He's thankful that He is going to be able to accomplish this. He's thankful 
He's letting us know that this is my body. I'm making this choice. I'm thankful that I can do this. And, And he says that this is my body, which is for you. Everybody say for me. He says, it's for you. In other words, it's it's not because a mob calls on me to be crucified. It's not because there's a Roman governor that thinks he has the authority or a high priest that acts out of this uh, uh, supposed religious fervor to to crucify. No, 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 no. It's, It's not broken by accident. It's broken on purpose. It's broken for us this is my body which is for you he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him he was broken and then the last thing that I'll say is he asked us do this in remembrance of me that This wafer, me eating this wafer is not holy. Me drinking this is not holy. The holy part of it is that when I do it in remembrance of Him. It's these elements in themselves hold nothing to make me righteous. It's moving my mind to remembering what He has done for me. The soul, the heart, the, the, the meaning of communion is remembering that His body was broken for us and that He loves us. So, today on this first Sunday of the year, I call on you to take this little wafer and hold it up if you will. This bread, this wafer, is just an element, a symbol of His body which was given for us, broken for us, for our iniquities. Let's eat together. This little cup of juice, if you'll hold it up, this little cup of juice, this element of the Lord's Supper It reminds us of the blood that was shed. We sang about it today. The blood that covers our sins. It was shed for us. He did it for us. I'm thankful. Are you thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ? Let's drink this together. Lord, thank you so much. I'm at a loss of words because, Lord, what you did is so magnificent, so sacrificing, so full of love and compassion. And I thank you, dear Lord, for giving yourself for us. We love you, Jesus. Can we just give him thanks for all that he has done for us? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, in just a moment, I'm going to turn our campuses back to our campus pastor. But before I do that, I want to talk to you for just a moment about next week. 
my, my father died and the next day Jean and Jan my other sister and I we went to his office to start cleaning things out and as we were going through the things on his desk I, I found this piece of paper it's been really close to me been in my office on my desk every day since then has it been seven years? Almost nine years, wow. And, and this little list just says, today, it's his to-do list. Today, number one, I will pray. Number two, I will forgive. Number three, I will love with a pure heart fervently. I, I, I'm not going to read all of them. And a few months ago, I was in my office praying, and I really felt the Lord direct me to this list. And starting next Sunday, our sermon series and our prayer agenda, everything is going to be based around this. I've actually had a copy of this made. You're not getting the original, but I've had a copy of this made for every person. So in all of our campuses... Next Sunday, you're going to get a a copy of this. If you're watching online and you want a copy, please let us know. And it's just a simple to-do. This is what the Lord has impressed in my mind. There is a rhythm to walking with me, God told me, months ago. And that's going to be our series next Sunday, Rhythm. And There is a rhythm of living for God. And we have to practice that rhythm and practice that walk and practice what God wants for us and so I'm really excited about next Sunday starting this for you to be able to have this and take it home with you and for us to get in a rhythm together of this is what our life is going to be living our life for the Lord I know it's 1130 but I've got about two more minutes of things I want to say All right. Thank you. Friendswood, League City, I don't know how you voted, but Houston voted. I can go two more minutes, so I'm going to. This is what I want to close with. I want us individually and corporately to make up our mind that we are going to be everything that God wants us to be. Everything. Everything, every latent gift that is in us, every gift that we haven't stirred up, I'm praying that God stirs it, calls us. Nancy was talking about the fog, and and I got to the church uh, this morning, I guess about 645 in League City. And as I drove down Egret Bay, it's so dark. And I I made that last little stretch. And I look up and I see that life church shining through the fog. And I just stopped in the middle of the road. I stopped, took a picture, and prayed. God, let this year be the year that life church shines so brightly that no darkness shines Not us shining, but us shining what He has done 
and what the gospel of Jesus Christ can do. Lord, I, I just pray right now for Life Church. I pray right now, dear Lord, that you would just help us to shine bright. Help us to walk with you, Lord. That there was a rhythm to your life and the disciples, they learned to walk with you and that's why they walked throughout the world and spread the gospel. And I pray you would just bring that to us today, this first Sunday of 2023, that we could make up our mind that we're going to follow you and we're going to walk with you. I pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen.